0: Okay, uh, grab your Bibles, and we're going to be looking in Revelation chapter 21 this morning. And in fact, um, I want you to find that chapter and kind of hold your place because we're going to come back to it in just a moment. If you're not real good with Bible books, uh, I guarantee you, you can find the last book of the Bible, Revelation. Just go to the end and go to the end of that book, chapter 21. And you will be exactly where we need to be. We're we're talking over these last few weeks about some of the uh, Easter promises that come out of the book of Revelation. And one of the Easter promises we're going to look at this morning is that what God started in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 that was good in the creation of the world and got messed up. And I always say, if you want to know the uh, story of the Bible, real quickly, it goes like this. God made it. It was good. We messed it up. And that's why we need Jesus. That's the basic story of the Bible. So what got messed up in the original creation in Genesis 1 and 2, the process of redeeming it began at the cross and the resurrection. And ultimately, the final fixing of the problem is going to take place here in Revelation chapter 21. But before we read the text this morning, uh, I want us to do a quick survey. And uh, I'm just going to call out some names uh, or, or, or some words together. And if these words mean anything to you whatsoever, I want you to raise your hand. Okay? If these words mean anything to you whatsoever, you raise your hand. And if they don't mean anything to you, that's fine. You're, you're not weird or strange. You just, you just are not familiar with the words. Are you ready? Property brothers. Okay? Okay? Fix or upper? All right, good. Uh, Flip or flop? Okay, got a few more hands going up. Um, Love it or list it? Got a lot lot, lot of hands. Boy, what happened to you guys back there? You're not raising your hands. Now now things are going to get a little more difficult. Rehab addict. Rehab. a few hands are up. Uh, Good bones, good bones. Okay, a few hands going up. Uh, Hidden potential, hidden potential. Got got, got, got a few hands up, okay, see a hand over here. And the last one, restored by the Fords okay got a few hands going okay what do all these uh words have in common well they're tv shows that are about taking a new or existing home and fixing it up renovating it rehabbing it repairing it making it into brand new now last survey question how many of you have ever been a part personally of a home renovation project in your house at any point in your life raise your hand and live to tell about it. Okay, good. You live to tell about it. Great. We, we've done some of this in the Rogers household. Uh, we put in new vinyl windows. We've redone our hardwood floors. We added a room of hardwood floors. Uh, you know, we've done new light fixtures and plumbing stuff and new ceiling fans and painting. And and you know, it went on for. Only three weeks, the longest one for us. But some people go three months. I've even known people that have gone, anybody gone years in a renovation project that's willing to admit it? Uh, Okay, so what do we do in renovation projects? We're taking something that's old and diseased or messed up or it needs repairing or fixing and we're making it new. We're repairing it and renovating it and making it new. So this is what I want you to think about with me this morning. I want you to think about, uh, and the worship bulletin said the property of God. It should have said the property God. I want you to think with me this morning about God being the property God. And one day, he is going to do his last renovation project. It's going to be the big project of all time. And it's here in Revelations 21. But before we read about the property of project that God's going to do. I want you to see a video because what God's going to do is he's eventually going to take this earth right here and the heavens. And remember we said a few weeks ago that the heavens are God's space and the earth is our space. Originally they were together. They were one, Genesis 1 and 2, and then Genesis 3 came along. And we messed it up. So it got separated. But eventually. Heaven is going to come down and heaven and earth are going to be rejoined on this earth. You're not going to heaven one day, heaven's coming to you. So, I want you to see a video. On Wednesday nights, back in the winter and the spring, we did a Bible study on the life of Jesus using the Bible Project videos. They've done videos on every book of the Bible and different themes. So, we're going to see one now on heaven and earth. Pay close attention because it will help you understand Revelation 21 a little bit better. Let's see the video.
1: So in the Bible, the ideas of heaven and earth are ways of talking about God's space and our space.
2: So I understand our space really well. We live here. There's trees, rivers, mountains. But my understanding of God's space gets a little fuzzy.
1: And what we do get in the Bible are images trying to help us grasp God's space, which is basically inconceivable to us.
2: So these are two very different types of spaces. Yes,
1: they're, they're different in their nature. But here's what's really interesting is that in the Bible, these are not always separate spaces. So think of heaven and earth as like different dimensions that can overlap in the same exact space.
2: So we talk a lot about going to heaven after we die. But this idea of heaven and earth overlapping, we don't talk a lot about that.
1: Which is kind of crazy, because the union of heaven and earth is what the story of the Bible is all about. How they were once fully united and then driven apart, and about how God is bringing them back together once again. So let's
2: go back to the beginning, where heaven and earth, they're completely overlapping.
1: Yeah, this is what uh, the Bible's description of the Garden of Eden is all about. It's a place where God and humanity dwelt together perfectly, no separation. And and humans then partner with God in building a flourishing, beautiful world and so on.
2: But as humans, we wanted to do things a different way. We wanted God out and we wanted to create a world apart from him. Yeah, so we have these two spaces now. And the
1: Bible actually uses lots of different kinds of words and phrases to refer to these two spaces to make a clear distinction.
2: So you've said that these spaces can overlap, though. So explain how that works.
1: Yeah, this is where we have to start talking about temples. Because in the biblical world, you experience God's presence by going to a temple. That's where heaven and earth
2: uh, overlap. Now, there are two types of temples described in the Bible. One is a tabernacle, basically a tent that was built by Moses. And the other
1: So, God's space is full of his presence and goodness and justice and beauty, but human space is full of sin and injustice and the ugliness that
2: results. So, how do these spaces overlap if they're so different and they're in conflict with each other? This was resolved through animal sacrifice. Yeah, that's
1: kind of weird. What do animal sacrifices have
2: to do with this? Yeah,
1: the, the idea is this. Animal sacrifices, somehow they absorb the sin when the animal dies in your place. And it creates a clean space, so to speak, where you are now free to enter into the temple and be in God's presence.
2: Okay, so if I'm an Israelite and I live in Jerusalem, I might be able to be in God's presence. But you said the story of the Bible is all of heaven and earth reuniting.
1: Right, so we have to keep going in the story where we come to Jesus in the New Testament. And in the Gospel of John, we hear this claim that God became human in Jesus and made his dwelling among us. Now, this word dwelling is really curious. Literally, it means he set up a tabernacle among us. And so what John is claiming right here is that Jesus is a temple. He is now the place where heaven and earth overlap.
2: What's interesting about Jesus is that he isn't staying in this safe, clean space. He's running around hanging out with sinners. He's healing people of their sicknesses and forgiving people of their sins.
1: He's basically creating little pockets of heaven where people can be in God's presence, but he's doing it out there in the middle of the world of sin and death. And he keeps telling everyone that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he even told his followers to pray regularly that God's kingdom come and that his will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven.
2: But a lot of people are threatened by Jesus and... They kill him, which seems to spoil this whole plan to reunite heaven and earth.
1: But we, we have to go back to a scene earlier on in Jesus' story where John the Baptist saw Jesus and said, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world.
2: So Jesus isn't just talked about as being a temple. He's also talked about as being the temple sacrifice.
1: Yeah, so, so the cross is now the place where Jesus absorbs sin to create a clean space that is not limited like animal sacrifices. Jesus' sacrifice has the power to keep spreading and spreading and reuniting more and more of heaven and earth.
2: And this is all really great, but it leaves one big question in my mind, which is, what happens when I die? Don't I just fly over to God's space to be with Jesus?
1: Yeah, so a few times in the New Testament we learn that Christians will be with Jesus in heaven after they die. But that is not the focus of the Bible story. The focus is on how heaven and earth are being reunited through Jesus and will be completely brought together one day when he returns. So in the book of Revelation, we get this beautiful image of the Garden of Eden, now in the form of a city, coming to end the age of sin and death by redeeming all of human history in a renewed Creation And God's space and human space completely overlap once again. We believe the...
0: Okay, now we're ready to read Revelation 21. So get your Bibles out and follow along with me. Now that you understand heaven is God's space and the earth is our space. Verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth... For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Now those are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. The beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. And he who overcomes will inherit all of this. And I will be his God and he will be my son. Then over in verse 22. We've got this long description in the intervening verses about what this new Jerusalem looks like that's coming down in this recreated heaven and earth. Verse 22, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will the gate will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Sisters and brothers in Christ, this is the word of the Lord, and together let us say thanks be to God. Okay, now, understand something. The property God starts the renovation project at the cross and the resurrection. Jesus died. God brought him back to life. He had a body, his disciples recognized it was a new spiritual body. When you die one day, there is going to be a resurrection of your body. And you are going to be brought back to life in the same way that Jesus was at his second coming. And that's when heaven, God's space, and the earth we live on now, our space, is going to be reunited. And we will worship and serve and rule and reign with him forever. In this recreated world, you see, the property God has to redeem and reclaim and renovate all the mess that we've created here in the good creation that God originally made in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Our sin and our disobedience messed it up. Now, lest you think that only the book of Revelation. Uh, points towards this new heaven and this new earth, I want to put on the screen some words from the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 65. Look what the prophet writes. Behold, I will create, what? A new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create, For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. We've got this vision even in the Hebrew scriptures of what God is intending to do. Now, what are going to be some of the elements? I want to put this on the screen. What are some of the elements Uh, that the property God will bring to this newly uh, renovated heaven and earth. Well, first of all, the text says that there will be no more sea. I'm not even going to ask how many of you have places at the beach because I hate to disappoint you. No more sea. How many of you like to go to the beach? No more sea. Is that what John really meant? Well, let me tell you what what he might have meant by this. First of all, John was exiled on the island of Patmos, So he was separated from his fellow Christians. The sea is what separated him from them. And maybe part of this is saying those things that tend to divide us and separate us in this world are not going to be the case any longer. That could be one thing. Or it could be that, you know, in the ancient world, the sea was this dark, mysterious place. It represented sin and evil and wickedness. So, it could be that what John is saying is that all those things are going to be banished when the new heaven and the new earth is recreated. Because verse 8 that we did read tells us that, you know, it gives us a list of certain sinful acts that are not going to be seen again. And verse 27 tells us that no impure, shameful, or deceitful acts are going to be a part of this renovated heaven and earth. Next, there's going to be a celebration. As the new Jerusalem comes down, heaven and earth are reunited. It's going to be a celebration like a beautiful bride coming before her husband-to-be. I've been to hundreds of weddings. I've officiated lots of weddings. So I've stood right here in this sanctuary as the doors opened up and the groom standing here and the best man standing next to the groom And all the bridal party has come in. They've taken their places. And we're sitting here waiting for the bride to come down the aisle. And the doors open and I can almost feel the heartbeat of the groom about to jump out of his body. Because that bride is so beautiful. And I can even remember my own wedding. So terrified the doors would open and Leslie would have left. She had changed her mind and she wasn't coming down the aisle. And it was such a relief to see her standing there and coming down. And then my other fear was that when the minister gave us the vows, you know, will you do this and will you do that, will you do this and that, she'd say, no, I've changed my mind. So it was such a relief to hear her respond in the affirmative and to hang with me. um, August will be 41 years. So, So I'm grateful for that. But you know that scene and it's the same joy and celebration of when you see that bride come and now you're seeing Jesus coming. And a part of the vision of heaven and earth being rejoined is that a lot of things are going to be gone and banished. Can, can you believe a time when there won't be any more death? Can you believe a time when there will not be any more tears or sorrow or crying or pain, depression? Um, you know, I think that, I can't remember if it's what month it is, but there's a month that's designated as a National Suicide Prevention Month. And we've had some suicides in our community in the last week, and, and people get to the point where they are down and depressed. And, and I just want to say to you, if you feel that way, I hope you'll cry out for help and call out for help to a pastor or a friend, or a neighbor, or a work colleague, or a therapist, somebody. But you know, there's going to be a coming a time when those things that depress us and create grief and sorrow and sadness and pain are going to be gone. That's the promise of Revelation 21. And then we're told the Jerusalem temple will not be present. Why? Because the temple represents the presence of God, and God is fully going to tabernacle and live and dwell with us For eternity, here on this recreated earth. Then, next, think about this. The Revelation 21 vision says there's no sun. Can you imagine no sun? No moon. There'll be no night. And the city gates will never be closed. The city gates will never be closed. Because God's presence is going to light the way, and there will be a welcome for all. A L L will be welcome to be in his presence in eternity. Then the curse that's pronounced on the earth. You know, if you read Genesis 3:17, there's a curse that's pronounced on the earth. The curse is you gotta work the ground. If you want food, you've got to get your hands in the soil. There's gonna be briars, there's gonna be weeds you gotta deal with, you gotta grow the crops, the food you eat, and we're gonna return to the earth. From earth and ashes and dust you have come, and to that you shall return. The earth is going to be restored. All that's going to be removed, and the earth is going to be restored to its former glory and its former fullness. And you know, you probably don't realize this, but in Advent and Christmas, we've all sung joy to the world, right? You know what the third stanza says? Listen, th- th- this is joy to the world. No more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. Genesis 3.17. He comes to make his blessings flow. And then it says, as far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found. See, you're, you're singing this stuff in Advent and Christmas, and you don't even realize it comes from Revelations chapter 21. Then the next one please. Unlike Moses, who only saw God's back, when heaven and earth are reunited, we're going to see God and Jesus, the lamb face to face in all of his glory. And at the 940 service this morning, we sang that great old hymn face to face with Christ, my savior face to face. What will it be? One day we will see him as he really is. And then finally, all of our efforts that we're doing right now, All of our efforts that are directed toward justice for all people and the safekeeping of the earth will be incorporated into this newly renovated heaven and earth. If we're doing good stuff that's working for justice for people and we're trying to care for the earth, that's going to be brought into this newly created heavens by God. It says the glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Now, You need to understand this is a vision in which God is inviting us to work with him. To bring peace and justice and understanding and healing to the nations. These efforts are going to be part of God's renovation project. Because the text says the glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. And we're also stewards of this world. Uh, Let me put up here Psalm 24, uh, verse 1. It says... The earth is the Lord's. It belongs to Him. Everything in it. The world and all who live in it. Now if you read Genesis 1 and 2, we're told that we're made the temporary custodians and stewards of this world that belongs to God. Now, now let me tell you something that I think is really important. If, if we think that all of the toxic chemicals and the plastic bags that are going into our oceans and our streams and our rivers are not important. If we think that all of the trash that we roll down the wind and just pitch out that gum wrapper, or we got all this trash in the back of our pickup trucks and we're driving along just flying out the back. And I just gotta tell you, I'm embarrassed sometimes to be a North Carolinian Because we have the trashiest roads I've ever seen in my life. They're so trashy we have to get civic groups to come out and put their sign up that says we're going along and pick up the trash. It's a shame what we're doing to God's created world. It's a shame what we're doing to the fish and our rivers and our streams and our oceans and the wildlife because of toxic chemicals and plastic bags. Let me tell you what, folks, the earth is Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. But guess what? He has made you and me the the temporary custodians of it. And so environmentally, if we disregard, God's expecting us to do our part because what does the text say? The glory and the honor of the nations of the world will be brought into it the good stuff that we're doing, working for justice and peace and harmony and understanding and taking care of God's world, we're going to be part of that renovation effort that God's trying to do. Thank you for putting that on the screen. Well, you know, sadly, this time hasn't come yet, has it? Revelations 21 has not arrived, so we still got death. We still have pain and sorrow and grief and sadness. We still have war. We still have major injustice in our world. We still have environmental disregard. Stephen Covey tells the story of being on a subway one day. It's later in the morning. Subway doors open up a man and three children get on. Man sits down in his seat He just kind of stares at the floor and the children run wild. They are loud, they are boisterous, they are out of control. And the man's just sitting there staring down. I mean, the kids are just disturbing the whole subway car. And finally, Stephen Covey takes it on himself and he just kind of leans over and says to the man, can you get your children under control just a little bit? And the man apologizes. And then he tells Stephen Covey, he says, We've just left the hospital where their mother died. They don't know what to do, and I suppose I don't either. You know, there are just some days where we're like those children of that father. We look around our world as it currently exists with the war and the discord and the arguments and the environmental disregard and the injustice and the pain and the suffering and the death. And I guess we're a little bit like the father and those kids. We don't know what to do. And that's why we have to hold on to Revelation chapter 21 because we know how the story ends and we know that we've been given the charge to be a part of God's renovation project we got to hope that one day he is going to reunite the heavens and the earth so let me tell you something I think you can take to the bank the property God will complete his fixer upper project it will not be a flop and trust me you are going to want to love it and not list it Let's pray together. God, we are well aware that you've got a lot of work left to do on us individually. And Lord, you've got a lot of work to do in this world until Revelations 21 happens. But Lord, we're also aware that we've got a lot of work to do too that you've called us to be agents of reconciliation. You've called us to be agents of justice. You've called us to care for the world over which you've made us stewards, even though you still own it. And it's your world, you've made us the temporary custodians. God, there's a lot of illness and sickness to heal. There's a lot of families and people to comfort because of death or some other form of loss. Lord, there's a lot of work that we have yet to do. And so until that day arrives and heaven and earth is reunited and Revelation 21 comes to fruition, God, help us to be faithful, we pray, even as you are faithful to us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.